everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. You can't soar with the eagles if you're walking around with the chickens. My name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking today? Good, man. I'm just drinking my Gandalf's Mild from my favorite brewery, Crown Heights Brewery. That sounds real good. It is. I have not had it. It is damn tasty, and uh, Mm. it's a good session beer, because we're going all day, and uh, it's only 4%, so I'll go the distance. Mm. I think I drink pretty much all sessions at this point. You drink a lot of high ABB stuff, ABV stuff. But yeah, I've just been kind of, I don't know, most of the high ABV stuff is like at the liquor store, and I just go to the grocery store to get my <laughs> beer, which has a nice liquor store, to be honest. But uh, I've been really into this, I forget what it's called, it's like, I like a Mexican name, but it's like agave nectar beer. Ah. It's pretty good, especially at a warm temperature, it's pretty damn good. Hmm. But for now, it's still on the AM for me, so I got my coffee, which might be too hot, we'll find out. Yep, too hot. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of coffee? Just some French vanilla from the local company here. Mm. I don't know where they get their beans. From all over the place, actually. Do you ever get, like, you go to the coffee shop, and then you're like, can I get a coffee? And they're like, do you want the Nicaraguan or the Guatemalan <laughs> or the Ethiopian? And I'm like, uh... I'm like, I don't know what any of it... I understand three terms. Light, dark, <laughs> and medium. <laughs> and maybe decaf. So... They ask me what type. I'm like, my blood pressure is rising. Get me a coffee. <laughs> Maybe you're going to have to educate me on uh, what's uh, what all these. I don't know. It's like, is a certain country's coffee usually like a specific color, like dark or light? Or is, I thought it was part of the roasting process. Yeah, that that's what I thought out. too. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe there's just different qualities of the beans from different like climate belts and stuff like that. I've heard soil. of the green beans. I'm not, not green beans, but green coffee beans mm. and how they give you energy or some something like maybe double the caffeine i think is what oh it yeah is, or... there's also that cat shit coffee but cat uh, shit coffee yeah cat shit coffee mm. so like there's this i'm gonna say this up front they couldn't don't come up me, with a better don't, name don't let me ever catch you drinking it because <laughs> it's super socially cruel um but no, there's like so there's like this species of wild cat basically in like southeastern asia mm. and it'll like eat the coffee berries but for whatever reason, its digestive system can't digest them. Mm. So it just like shits them out. Really? And then, so like back in the day, people would just go collect the coffee berries from the cat shit. And since it was like berries you pick out of cat shit, it's pretty rare. <laughs> so it was the most expensive coffee in the world. Hmm. And it was like highly prized, even though it doesn't really taste good, apparently. But now that the world is bad <laughs> of course there's an industry around basically forcing coffee berries down these cats throats and wow. have them poop them out and so yeah i think you can buy it online guaranteed but... feces in every sip yeah it's pretty... don't don't buy that <laughs> <laughs> i think a lot of the things we buy are suspect but that's that's pretty cut and dry <laughs> <at that point. laughs> you're buying a shitty product <laughs> Ooh, got him nailed anyway. it <laughs> but yeah i like my coffee um anna's mom like recommended a book to me i think it's called the devil's cup it's like the history of coffee mm. pretty interesting so maybe i should get around to reading that and i'll know what these country names in my coffee <laughs> actually mean <laughs> but anyway today's catchphrase is you can't soar with the eagles if you're walking around with the chickens and that comes to us from robert condella on facebook and you can send us catchphrases of your own on facebook where listen money matters over there on facebook or on twitter uh, we're at Money Matters Man, and we would love to read your catchphrases on the show. 
Today, uh, we're talking about a concept that you don't know about, Andrew. I know nothing about well, it. Well, you might know a little bit about it if you're paying attention, because we did an episode on uh, paying for college while you're in college, mm. and I think I, I may have brought this up, because you had asked a question, uh, should students have a job in school, because that takes away from their study time, mm. and I said yes, and I talked about this thing called the student success triangle, which I made up. <laughs> but I like it anyway, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it over to calling it the life success triangle because I'm gonna take a drink of water here mm. because we had talked about this idea of doing an episode on the habits that can increase your income, right? Right, and I was thinking to myself like, mm, I can't really just say put a habit in habit RPG to make more money every day. Like <laughs> you kind of like money is a unit of value, you may, a medium exchange and to make more value, you have to be able to create more value. And to do that, there are several things you can do. So um, I want to I want to kind of like build this this triangle concept up in your mind here. And then we can talk about what you can do in each area to start increasing your income. So the life success triangle, I guess, or maybe the business success triangle mm-hmm. uh, has learning on one at the top. And then value creation and relationship building. So, and, and that that's in the order. So, relationship building is the bottom of the. Now it's an equilateral triangle. So mm-hmm. I did not prioritize any of them over the others. I just the way I drew it, and I wrote a blog post about it. And the way I drew it, well, I just well are they st- are they stacked like the food pyramid, or are they like no, just three each, each angle rhombuses or something? Well, I mean, like picture an equilateral triangle, right, mm-hmm. in your head, and then like just each. Each point is I labeled. Yeah, so they're all equal. Um, and I think, so have you ever heard of the Iron Triangle? No. So this is a political concept. And uh, essentially, like, you have another equilateral triangle. And at the angles, you have Congress, interest groups, and bureaucracy. And mm. the interesting thing is that each one benefits the other in uh, kind of like on a two-way road on each side. Hmm. So Congress will provide like friendly legislation and oversight to the interest groups and in turn the interest groups will give electoral support to congress selecting the people again so Mm. kind of like symbiotic relationship there the congress will give funding and political support to the bureaucrats and then the bureaucrats will like have favorable policy and execution and like in the trenches uh government that favors congress so Nice mm-hmm. little two-way road there. And then the bureaucracy gives low regulation, special favors to the interest groups, and in turn gets like lobbying and congressional support and stuff like that. So every every part of the triangle uh, supports the other in its own way. And it probably doesn't help the people, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the analogy is good because I think that learning is going to benefit value creation. The more you know, the better you're going to be able to create value. Education makes you a more valuable worker in whatever it is you do. Mm. If I learn something, then I can create a podcast episode that's more informative. But value creation also uh, also benefits learning because it gives you experience that you can use as a foundation for branching out. To making better things and... Right. And you just, you simply learn through creating things of value. If I write a Mm. book, I'm obviously going to learn in the process. Um, Value creation gives you, it makes you interesting. Learning and value creation both make you interesting. Both gives you something that you can uh, provide for building relationships, right? Because you don't want to be if – you, if you're building a relationship with somebody, you have to have something to give. Right. Whether it be your knowledge or your, uh, your admiration or just something useful. 
So that benefits. But the relationship building, you learn from relationships. People can tell you things. We're talking right now, and this is relationship building, but it's also benefiting our learning, but it's also benefiting value creation. You know, mm. The fact that we have a relationship enables us to create something of value that benefits both of us. It also benefits our audience, that kind of thing. So I, I could totally see how this triangle works. Like if I was to put it onto myself, you know, me, listen, money matters, you know, I'm learning about money, creating things about money and, you know, building relationships with the people, business and, and in the audience. But I feel like um, not so clear uh, to apply like elsewhere outside of, you know, my, my small business. So I maybe explain how this works in college one because I almost feel like you're not creating so much value, um, and I want you to tell me how I'm wrong because I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> and and then maybe uh, like if we can talk through this in like a work sense. Sure, and I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, Andrew. I could never tell you. Remember we talked it out in the last episode. I'm trying to get away from that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Going in with preconceived notions that you're wrong and I'm right. <laughs> but, um, and then to completely go back on what I just said, I do believe that you create value in college. So how do you create value? Because you're like, you're learning, right? And you're mm-hmm. writing an essay, but the essay is is going to the, like the teacher has to read it or the professor has to read it, but it's not like going out. I, I don't know, I guess. So one it, thing we talked about, or we may have talked about, is that college is a concentrated bundle of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Part of that is the curriculum you go through, um, but part of that could be clubs you can get into, part-time jobs, relationships you'll build with friends, uh, just projects that'll come up. And crucially, college does not define you as a person entirely. If you're a college student, it doesn't mean that the only thing you do is go to class and do class projects. So as a student, you know, you're in college, but you have goals outside of college. You want to get a job, you know, you want to, you want to do X or Y and all three of these areas on the triangle are going to be crucial for making you well, let me a, ask you a this. candidate for that. So when I was in college, I, I kind of made friends with a professor and then I did like side work with him and we created a lot of things that, that failed but we, we attempted to create things that didn't fail is, is that what you mean like in college you will write an essay or do math problems or whatever and that in and of itself <clears throat> isn't the the value creation it, it's the stuff that you do in that whole primordial soup of college like the other things that you'll do so i think you know it's learning and value creation are very intrinsically linked because the the experience of doing something is going to teach you new things, even if you fail. Mm. Failing is good. You know, making mistakes is good because you learn from them. Hopefully you do. And if you do, then that's useful. But value creation as, you know, its, its own concept really um, focuses on the output. Actually, you know what? Let's uh, let's define what this value creation is because – so I, I have maybe I have like a twisted perception of it because – when I go, and I mean, so we'll create this episode and we'll launch it, right? And then people will listen to it. I'm like, that that was like value creation. But right. I'm I'm a programmer, and I'll sit there and I'll you know tweak the the website. I'll add like sharing buttons or something. I'm not sure. Like I, I would love for that to be value creation, but I kind of feel like it's not, or maybe not in the classical sense. So uh, there's a book called The Personal MBA 
And mm. you might have heard of it from Josh Kaufman. And he has an entire chapter about, or not an entire chapter, but there's a section about the uh, types of economic value. So there's products, services, shared resources, subscriptions, uh, reselling, leasing, agency, audience, aggregation. So if you're the person that brings people together, mm. uh, loans, providing options, providing insurance, and then providing capital. So there's all these different kind of ways that you can provide value, that a business can provide value. Mm. And you can apply this to a person, you know, an individual rather than just a business as well. So if you're tweaking the sharing buttons, you may optimize and increase the amount of people sharing the content, mm. thereby, you know, spreading your message to more people. So if you make your Facebook button better, in however little small way, if one extra person sees one of your articles because of that, and they learn something, then you've created more value. Because you've created more education, right? Mm. Then okay. Because now, now, now we've gone like you've thrown this broader net, and now I feel better because I spent like the past few days <laughs> literally coding tweaks on the site. <laughs> so, so is like, this like you want me to pat you on the back? For this, this is totally <laughs> self-serving right here. But but now, like, I want you to tell me, I guess, where the line is because I don't know, like, um. If I'm just if I if I spend the past two days tweeting and I was just getting involved in arbitrary Twitter conversations and just promoting myself and I mean is that value creation or where like where do we kind of cross over and we're like wasting time? Right. So this is all very conceptual, um, and I think you you have to kind of be the judge of what you're doing and, and if if it's going to get you closer to your goals. So the success triangle rests upon the foundation of concrete, well-laid-out goals. Mm. And if you don't know what it is that you want to do with your life, then you don't know how to create mm. value. You don't know what you need to learn. You don't know the relationships you need to build. So having a goal is the first step. Well, know? how do you define this goal? Because you know what? Uh, I want to be a multimillionaire. Is, is that a sufficient goal for the triangle? Or is it like I want to achieve, I want to have a million dollars by the time I'm 40? You know, like how, how do you kind of... So, I mean, you can you can use the SMART framework for goals if you want. So, a goal is specific, measurable. So, I mean, specific's pretty, like a million dollars. Sure, that's specific. But mm. uh, specific, specificity could go also into how you're going to make this money. And uh, I'm not even sure like an income goal is a very good one because it doesn't really define your course of action very well. It's like but make $1,000 and that's like could be one. milking cows or, you know, workout yeah. videos. Yeah. Like I have a goal on my impossible list for making $10,000 in one month, but that doesn't really tell me, I mean, I need to make, I need to make goals that more, uh, in, like directly tie into the value that I need to create. Mm. And then the money comes out of that. So, okay. I make money through, you know, getting more traffic to my website, making my funnel better. So I need to make my funnel better. I need to get more traffic. Those I could, I could really niche down for goals, mm. but overall in life, I, like we can go back to a college student. I want to go work for Tim Ferriss. I graduate like mm. throw that goal out there so now I can I can start defining what I need to learn what value I need to create what relationships I need to build you can start to uh, figure out where you should be focusing your effort in each of these areas and what type of value creation or what type of learning or relationship building is going to be better than others so like back to your tweeting thing if I'm tweeting <laughs> for like six hours just randomly <laughs> how close do you think that's going to get you to achieving that goal like how much further down the road as opposed to say writing your own book 
or like gaining some experience in an area you think he would want. Um, so uh, as an example, he put out this call for applications. He wanted people to be like, he, to be an editor for him. He needs like mm. a full-time editor. And I don't think an editor is going to be somebody who tweets six hours a day. <laughs> an editor is going to be somebody who, I mean, he put the exact qualifications for the job on his website. You know, you've been writing for years. You know blogging really well. You know the online world really well. You have incredible attention to detail. Like what sort of things could you do to prove that? So what sort of value can you create, you create to sort of like build a body of work that shows that you're qualified? Mm. So there's the value creation. In the learning, you know, it, it's kind of obvious for, okay, here's a position that he wants. These are the things I would need to learn to be in that position. In the relationship building, the, uh, you know what? <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> I had a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because you had a brain fart in the last episode. I know. I'm like, what's the name of the book? You're like, look in your damn phone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, ah, yes. I looked at the word relationship that I had written on this diagram that I drew, and Mm -hmm. I thought I spelled it wrong, but I didn't. (laughs) Your your OCD kicked in? Yeah. But I mean, like, so in relationship building, you need to meet Tim Ferriss somehow. Mm -hmm. You probably want to meet people in that area who know him. You know, you sort of like start building this circle of friends in that space. And that gets you closer and closer. So the goal really defines the action. And that's how it should be, I think. Hmm. So is that making more sense now? So it is making more sense. And <clears throat> I guess where, where I struggle is um, maybe back to the Twitter example. Not not to shit on Twitter because it's actually really like it's <laughs> really a lot of fun. But, um, you know, so you want to build these relationships. And, and I could easily justify my time on Twitter as building relationships and I could just Mm. be like, this is something I made and this is something Laura made. I can just be really, um, and and it it feels good. And I almost feel like it is like socially, like you get socially rewarded for Mm. doing things that, um, on the face may feel like productive or like you're moving towards your goal, but like in reality you're not. And I guess I'm having issues like reconciling, like how how could you tell and stop yourself? You know how can you define? Yeah, I mean, I, you're not always going to be able to measure perfectly the results of any one practice, mm. but you can ask yourself, you know, based on what I know, and can I learn more? But based on what I know, is this going to get me closer to my goals? Is it the best thing I could be doing right now? And how much of it can I be doing? So. Maybe like six straight hours of tweet or six straight hours of tweeting is not going to work in your favor, but maybe like half an hour or fifteen minutes a day using it mm. is like that's where maybe where that optimal amount of effort investment is going to be, and then the rest of it you need to be dedicating to something else. So personally, I like Twitter. I have definitely built some relationships off Twitter, but I wouldn't have built those relationships if I wasn't also creating value and building the things True. that people are going to be attracted you know, to seeing. So it's, it's kind of a balance kind of thing. All right. Um, and, and, and please stop me if I'm like totally <laughs> derailing, like all, all of this, but now I think it's also easy to give an example. It's like, well, Thomas has college info geek, so he can, you know, build relationships around college info geek and he can create videos or podcast episodes or whatever. Um, and they're all around, you know, and it, you could easily build it around College Info Geek, but College Info Geek already exists, so it's almost like, well, now it's easy for you because you'd have this thing. However, that happens, I don't even know. I I have nothing, and I want to maybe do that, or 
you know, grow my income. I don't have that much income, but you know, I, I don't have anything to build it around. Maybe, maybe I don't even know what to build it around. Like, yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is really just, you know, I, I could say the same thing of Donald Trump. I don't have a building with my name on it, so I can't go <laughs> talk to the Queen of England face-to-face real quick. But no matter where you are, you have something, you know? And I don't know what that is, but you have, you have your own skills. You have whatever platform you have. You have relationships. And uh, you need to figure out how you can utilize those or what you can build or where you, what you need to acquire to start moving closer to your goals. So I have a website, but I didn't always have a website. And I didn't always use my website to build relationships. Um, like as a freshman, the website was not even an idea yet. So I built relationships by joining clubs, by applying for jobs, uh, you know, just being social in my dorm, that kind of thing. Mm. And I, did, I think I did pretty well. So I don't think you've done the same thing. Mm. You know, so I, I think you need you don't need like a crazy platform. And it's very easy to look at somebody who has something you don't and to say, if only I had that, I could do X, Y, or Z. If only I had what that person has. If only I was born with a silver spoon at my ass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be able to sing really high pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw Kingsman over the weekend. Which, great movie, by the way. Mm. I love that movie. Um, and I think one of the characters says that. But it kind of makes sense. Like, You might not have what somebody else has, but that doesn't prevent you from making progress on your goal. So, all you right. Know? So, so let's let's put this into like a specific scenario. So, okay. my name's Joseph, um, and I make five hundred dollars a month, mm. and uh, like I everything I feel like I, I just I need to make more money because everything in my life is kind of failing because I'm not making enough money, and I have like loans and debt. So, how can we? Um, form like a, a success triangle um around making more money i know there's like a million ways to, to to explore this but like how can we get started like what would be some good examples of the the points of the triangle to get us going yeah so this is i mean this is an example but it's also something i've been thinking about because i have a friend who wants to make more money mm. you know and it's it's kind of a tough situation for you know this specific case because I can see like the time is very limited mm. so you might have a lot of constraints uh, maybe like your main skill is like lock into a non-compete with your job so you can't like go freelance on the side so I guess you have to you have to take stock of those constraints and also your options so what time do you have like how soon do you need to make the money is it something that you want that you could start like maybe building something like the side hustle we talked about earlier, mm. or is it something that you need to start making now? Maybe you need to look for a new job that pays more. Well, so you know? I'll, I'll maybe answer the constraint piece because somehow um, it it baffles me and and other people. Um, but I, I have a full time job, and so you know we do our episodes, and so you know listen, my marriage releases five things a week, and we always have these crazy high flying things you want to do. For for me, it it came down like, you know, if I plotted out my day, you know, I was like, what did I do at this hour? What did I do at this hour? Whatever. And it was like squeezing every bit of free time from every corner, like every nook mm. and cranny. You know, it's like I'm commuting uh, to work and it takes me an hour. Well, 
someone wrote an article that would be awesome for listening to my matter so I could read that like while I'm commuting. And then maybe on the way back, I'm taking notes and writing down ideas for like episodes or something. Yeah. So you could definitely uh, like there's found time, you know, right. Or it's like a friend wants to hang out uh, instead of saying yes, 10 times out of 10, I say yes, five times out of 10. Mm-hmm. And I stay home and I like I, I'll try and create something. Yeah, I guess. So when I did my internship, uh, I think it was right after sophomore year, it was 40 hours a week. You know, but I was also building College of Geek, and this was right around the time when the first spike happened that really put the site on the map. Mm. So it was like, okay, it's go time, writing like 30 articles a month. And what I did was uh, the company offered flex time, so I loaded all my hours into four days, and I would work four 10-hour days, and then Friday would be like all just my business, which at the time I didn't really think of it as a business, but I wanted it to grow, and I would just put as much time as I could on those those like three extra days mm-hmm. also have some fun but yeah so I guess you have to figure out like how can I create time to do this but now what do I need to learn so and ah uh, dude on the learning thing I think that gets like ultra perverted I think like mm. it's like um you know I want to create a website or I want to you know do a podcast whatever and then like it divulges into like hundreds of hours of reading and learning and you're just like and by the time like you're you're an expert at the thing that you've yet to have started right i I feel like and maybe this is the point of the triangle is i feel like if anything people go too far in the learning aspect Mm -hmm. and not enough in like the creating value you know in another yeah and i think that this is why it started out as a student success triangle rather than just thinking about it in a life sense because it evolved out of a discussion I had with somebody else who also runs a college site. And we were talking about, you know, how do we get people to do more than just go to class and then go home and do homework? And this like idea for the triangle bubbled up in my head because I wanted to make a very concrete picture that showed that learning was just one thing you need to do, but you also need to make value. You also need to build relationships. So, and you're very right. With a lot of things, and I've done this before, you want to do something, so you do all this research, and you do all this learning, and you get all these training materials, and oh, if I just read one more ebook, I'm going to be super successful. But by the way, buy my ebook. <laughs> by the way, get my ebook for free. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're investing a bunch of time into learning, you should also be investing in, in creating value and building relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, if you spend an hour going through a course, you should spend an hour trying to build the thing you learned in the course or trying to, you know, follow some people on Twitter or maybe reach out to somebody who you admire in this space. It shouldn't be just three hours of nothing but learning and then you just don't, you just go home and give up for the day. You know, there should be other, other things you do. Hmm. Yeah. So... I, I, there, I mean, there's two avenues to, to growing your income um, and with this approach, right? One, you could, you could be a psychopath like us and try and create a thing, you know, <laughs> and if you could sit tight for like two years, you know, you'll start to do something. And then there's like the, I need more like tomorrow or I need more in a month. And um, so Say say you have this job and you have constraints and you need to find another job, but you don't have time to prepare or, or whatever. Like, how might you kind of approach that? So, 
I need to find another job. I don't have time to find another job. I mean, you're you're working a full time job. It maybe even requires more than forty hours, and it's just you know, but you're not making a lot. And to grow your income, you either need to negotiate your way up, or you need to like jump to something else. Yeah. So uh, let me just tell you Jenny Blake's story actually, because mm. I had her on my podcast, and I think what she did is a good example of utilizing this triangle concept. Uh, she worked for Google. Mm. Right, I maybe not right out of college, but very shortly after college, and she wanted to move up, so she took like a certification course. I think it was like on coaching, like corporate coaching course. Uh, so that's like the learning, and she also started taking on responsibilities that were not in her job description. Mm. So she would say, "Oh, I can do that," or "Oh, can I can I move into this?" or "Can I start doing this?" And didn't ask for a raise, didn't ask for a pay increase, didn't ask for a new position. Just did it. So it's value creation, right? You know, you're you're doing things beyond your initial job description. Probably building relationships with new people in the process. And then all of a sudden she got promoted. So then she was in this area of professional coaching and she's been able to sort of pivot that into her business now where she's a speaker and an author and a professional coach and all these cool things. But it started with taking, you know, the steps needed to learn and to create value without being told, you know, going beyond those expectations. And I think there's a lot to be said for trying to increase your income at the current job you have. You might not always be able to do it, um, the friend I talked about, it's kind of tough for him because he he works for a small business. So it's not like the owner can just be like, yeah, we have a bunch of cash reserves that I can give you a huge raise right now. It might be a tight, right. uh, tight ship. So it comes down to can you increase the income of the business overall by increasing your efficiency mm. to get that raise? It might not happen. You know, we, There is a little bit of realism that has to come into this. You may not be able to increase your income next week, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. So, in this scenario, I mean, you know, and we're, we're doing like a thought experiment. I guess the step one with the triangle is you need to kind of sit down and make a list or something of like where like you could potentially create value, mm. and then like try and prioritize. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Is there something you know? It's an intersection between where you have interest, where you think you could be skillful, but also where there's a need, mm. and that's I guess that's like how business works as well but it's also how it may work inside a company that you're working at. Is there something is, you know, is there some inefficiency you've noticed or is there some area of need in the company that hasn't been filled? Can you fill it? Can you start, you know, training yourself to be the kind of person that could fill it before they ask you to? You know, I, f I find myself sprinting around the triangle where, you know, there'll be X days weeks months where i'll be creating a ton of stuff and i'll like literally ignore everything else to the to the most like ex way that I, I can and still like survive mm -hmm. and then you know we it could be conference time or you know some kind of launch type thing and uh you know or maybe it's like right around bonus where they're determining bonuses at work and i'm talking to people i'm trying to coordinate stuff or you know build a list of my matters team blah 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 and then like i i'm not creating you know mm. like that that two month gap where nothing was created with <laughs> list of my matters i was all i was doing was like networking right um so the, i have a question for you yeah what's up when you play civ 5 do you just like go on one part of the tree 
all the way <laughs> like military technology all the way i don't care about acoustics or art or any of that stuff so so i, I micromanage the beginning to, you know depending on my resources then i'm like usually usually it's like not that far and i'll, I'll just click like banking or something and it auto populates the tree up to banking because i'm like well i need money you know oh okay because when i play i tend to like fill the entire tree out and just move the whole thing forward oh like all like in parallel Yes. Yeah, because I think there's like three maybe sort of tracks on the tree. Mm. There's like, you know, economic technology, like straight up science and then military technology, like rifling and, you know, it kind of forces you to, though, because like you'll I'll go like all money and I'll go Mm. like, you know, some military or something. And then all of a sudden my people are extremely unhappy. (laughs) And I'm like, I have to I have to build the Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. So I I can't like that. That's kind of why I try to keep it balanced. But I'm not. I'm not talking about video games here, just like because I want to. Uh, it kind of comes back to this this idea of like you're sprinting around the triangle. You want to sort of try to cultivate all these areas over time, you know, together. Mm. And to do that, you build habits. So maybe your current focus is on value creation. It probably is with the you know with LMM and stuff. But maybe you have like a habit to read for 15 minutes a day. Maybe you have like committed to going to a networking event every week or getting on Skype and talking to people, you know, or just making sure you're on Twitter talking to people, those kind of things where maybe your, your main focus will be tilted towards value creation. You still have some involvement in the other two areas. So you're not letting them, it's kind of like spinning plates, you know? Yeah. Well, I've never done that successfully. So (laughs) I, I've seen a video. (laughs) I've never done it either, but I would imagine that, uh, Focusing all on one plate is not going to be good for the other two. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Like with everything else, it's very much a balancing act. Hmm. Now, when when (laughs) will you teach us how to strike that balance? (laughs) uh, Maybe we should do that in a habit episode. I don't know. Well, we talked about my morning routine, right? Mm. But we didn't talk about creating habits in general. So maybe that could be an episode. Yeah, I think we definitely need something on that. And I feel like uh, prioritization is Mm. because um, I always feel myself being pulled towards like maybe easy tasks that have like low impact. Right. Or, you know, because who wants to do the thing that takes a month? And it's like how many moving pieces and (laughs) just how to like reconcile like urgent and important. And yeah. Yeah, it makes big, uh, getting big projects done very tough. Because, mm. I mean, I know it too, man. You want to get a big thing done. Like you want to write a book, but got to write a blog post this week, you know. <laughs> got to go to the bank. I feel accomplished because I deposited a check. <laughs> I was going to say, you're like, I'm going to the bank. And I'm like, dude, can't you just deposit it on your phone? Oh, oh, I was going to tell you, I'm so mad. Huh. It's President's Day. They were closed. Oh, yeah. Oh. So I drove all the way across town, and then it was weird because I walked in, and this was the investment bank, not my regular bank. Mm. Um, the office was open, but all the lights were off. So uh-huh. I just like walked in there, and I was like, is somebody here? Nope. They just, I don't know. It was open. So <laughs> she should have just like, taken a chair or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a smart thing to do in a I'm bank. I'm sure they're going to be very happy with me <laughs> since they control all my money, take their chairs. <laughs> I, I, I think they would just be like, there has been a hundred dollar debit on your account because you stole a chair. Because <laughs> you, you purchased a used chair from one of our branches. <laughs> Thank you for purchasing the chair. Yeah, yep. don't steal from the people who control your money. 
It's probably a bad idea. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll do an episode on that. But do you think we've covered this one pretty? I think we got it pretty good. Pretty clearly, yeah. I I like the, I like the analogy. You know, I like the, the illustration. Mm-hmm. I guess we call it. It sort of works for my own goals. And you you have an article where you drew like a a picture. Oh yeah, and if you want, you can put that picture in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But I will send you the article. Uh, it's like student success triangle. It's on my site, but I'll send it to you once we're done here. Cool. So yeah. Uh, if you got questions for us, you can email listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. Get those questions over to us, and we'll get them answered on the show. If you want to get involved with the show, you can go over to listenmoneymatters.com slash involved. There you will find ways to subscribe to the show, review it, or do other cool things that we have coming down the pipeline. I'm going to read a review real quick, and this is from Alex Pata. It says, love how I just feel like I'm listening to my friends talking about finances. These guys are great and not boring at all. I definitely recommend everyone give them a listen and get down with their wisdom. <laughs> well, thank you, Alex. And if you, dear listener, want to give us a review, we will definitely appreciate it. Helps drive the the show up the charts and uh, eventually help us reach our goal of beating Dave. That's right. <laughs> and everyone else. <laughs> We're coming for you. We're coming for you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox is where you can find our favorite financial resources and books that we recommend. So that is all we got for today. Thanks for hanging out. And we will see you in the next episode. Later, Andrew. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>